Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 14, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, Is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not ghouls, ghosts, and goblins, but we have made it to the spooky season. It's only 25 days until Halloween. I'm your ghost dispenser, and let's see what we have on the slab this week. First off, I would like to say thank you to all of you for being so patient with me this last month. Wanting to create things while also having ADHD can sometimes be very torturous. When your brain won't work the way you want it to. When you can't write your script the way you want it to. When you can't focus on the trailers to form opinions about them. It just gets very frustrating. Um, It's even more frustrating when it happens at the beginning of your favorite season. So thank you to all the people who reached out to make sure I was doing okay. It was very sweet of you, and I'm feeling much better. It's finally fall here. The rain has started to fall, so let's get caught up on all of the news. Horror games won't be outdone this October. Let's look at all the announcements and launches that are headed our way. The Alfred Hitchcock game Vertigo is being delayed on consoles until 2022, but the developers have showed off a new trailer of the narrative game, letting us all know that the Steam version is set to release on December 16th, 2021. The game has a very interesting air about it, and I'm down to see how Alfred Hitchcock and the narrative game can be fused together. Techland pulled itself together to show us a new gameplay footage for Dying Light 2. We saw more of the parkour system and some of the new battle system elements, along with all of the weapons. Dying Light 2 is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, December 7th. City buildings and vampires come together in The Night is Coming. This game brings two of my favorite things together town building, and fighting dark entities. The game will be coming to Steam sometime early next year. Little Nightmares 2 got an upgrade for the PS5 and the Xbox series with 4K visuals. The upgrade is free for everyone who bought the game, so go play through the horrifying world with better dusk particles and ray tracing reflections. Outlast is getting a new game in the series with Outlast Trials. The game suggests a Jigsaw-esque overseer who is very concerned with how your therapy is going. Vampire the Masquerade fans have had a lot of bad news as far as video games go this year, with the basic cancelization of Bloodlines 2. But the IP is headed into the Battle Royale space with Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. The game entered early access on September 7th, and they gave us a clan trailer of for one of my favorite clans, the Toridors. Death Cathedral is a game where you have 15 in-game days to build an army of your fallen foes, so you can take on a devil in combat inside his cathedral hideout. It's coming to consoles and Steam in 2022. Supermassive Games gave us a look at House of Ashes, the upcoming entry to the Dark Pictures Anthology. One of the best things about Spooky Season is their delightful replayability of these narrative games. Bandai Namco also revealed a collector's edition, which has one of the demons from the game. I've been trying to stay pretty low profile on how many trailers I've watched for this, so I haven't. I didn't want to get another Dark Pictures Anthology game ruined because I think they gave away too much, but I will definitely be playing this and that should be up on my YouTube at some point in November. Spookware is out now. It's a skeleton-filled mini game 
road trip that was born out of the love for games like WarioWare. What started as a small project has turned into a full-fledged game. The first three chapters are out now on PC. Netflix is getting into the game business and launching its game service with two Stranger Things game. Stranger Things 3, the game, is a companion to that season. And then the action-adventure game Stranger Things 1984. It takes you on an air-fueled ride where you solve puzzles and collect what, of course, Egos. Crowd favorite Souls-like side-scroller Blasphemous is getting a DLC and a whole ass new sequel in 2023. The game will see the Wounds of Eventide DLC drop on December 9th. No platforms have been announced for the sequel. When I know more, you will definitely know more. Stubbs the Zombie Remaster, Rebel Without a Pulse, is getting a physical release on October 26th. This fun and very quirky game and the soundtrack that was a favorite of mine for quite some time will be headed to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, and the Nintendo Switch. However, the Switch version will set you back an extra $10 at $29. I love Stubbs the Zombie. Uh, one of my favorite facts about video games is Stubbs the Zombie was made with the Halo engine. From Software has been keeping pretty quiet in the lead up to January 21st's launch of Elden Ring. But this past month, several game outlets were allowed to publish their first previews of the game. The map is much larger than we're used to for this style of the game, so big that it is using a Breath of the Wild style waypoint system. There are also retry points that make death slightly less painful as you make your way, as you make your way to your corpse. You will also have a horse to help travel across the dangerously deadly land. Elden Ring has more traditional storytelling and that makes sense since Elden Ring is a George R.R. Martin joint. It's the project that he's been using to keep him busy instead of riding Winds of Winter. Puzzle game, Dying 1983, shows us gameplay at Gamescom. The game is a sequel to Dying Reborn and is a puzzle horror game where you are solving puzzles to uncover the hidden truth to that world you are exploring. No date just yet, but it is headed to PS5 first and PS4 and PC to follow. EA came in strong and showed us some very early footage of Dead Space last month. We found out that Gunnar Wright will be voicing Isaac Clark. Dismemberments are going to become more violent and complicated. Weak points will feel less arbitrary. Zero gravity means living out your Thanksgiving Day Parade dreams to float about. This will be bringing the first game into parody with the two sequels. Thanks Satan, there are no microtransactions and we are going to see a fleshed out lore and side characters without fundamentally changing the foundation's story that Dead Space told. And that's all great to hear. I hope EA can do the work it needs to restore this IP to both the quality of both the original and the sequel. I don't still quite understand why they chose to close Visceral Games in 2017 if they knew there was a chance they could be bringing back Dead Space so soon. I'm glad that Motive, though, however, seems to understand the reverence that the fans have for this project, but the closing of the OG studio still stings. Japanese horror survival game Shadow Core is headed to Switch on October 26th. Spiders with baby heads and lifeless masks will terrorize you in the game that is set in traditional Japanese locations, which you will have to escape from through randomly generated maps. Pinhead and the Chatterer have made their way to Dead by Daylight. I've been playing a bit, and I'll say, Pinhead does take some getting used to. He's not the easiest killer to play, so that has a lot of players describing him as junk. But work with him and you will be rewarded. Sadly, we were denied yet another final girl for the game, but we will be getting a teenaged witch named Mika Reed in October. In the world of In a Sound Mind, you play as a therapist where you meander your way through an old school horror warehouse to find tapes 
of your patient's sessions. Each level of the game is playing through one of the tapes, making each level varied and tailored to the issues and problems of each patient. And it has, you have to uncover a dark truth about the town. This will be out on Xbox Series, PS5, and PC later this month on the 28th, and it's heading to Switch sometime later this year. With all the talk of the genre giallo that came around the debut of Malignant, Bloodwash showed up at the perfect time. This PS1 era horror game that centers around a serial killer who stalks pregnant women at the 24-hour laundromat is out now on stream. Darkest Dungeon is going into early access on the Epic Game Store later this month on October 26th. Neil Newbon has hinted that there may be a new Resident Evil game on the way. While he could just be talking about Resident Evil 4 Remake, Capcom has remained tight-lipped about anything beyond the RE4 remake, and the Village DLC coming. Hopefully we'll hear more from them soon. I wouldn't get too worried about it though because they seem to have been doing a cadence of remake, new game, remake, new game, and I think 2022 will be RE4's time to shine. Death Gambit Afterlight is out now on Nintendo Switch. The Afterlight edition has a bunch of extras, 10 new levels, 22 new weapons, and more skills and talents. The expansion is free to existing owners of the game. In Death Gambit, you play as an agent of death. You have to purge the realm of souls and find your rewards for a job well done. Blood Rain and Blood Rain 2 will be coming to consoles as revamped I get it, I see you. Additions. They will have higher resolution, upscaled cinematic video improvements to light and engine improvements for water and fog and shadow. No exact date yet, but Limited Runs Games says it's coming later this fall. If you have a Nintendo Switch, you can now play some of the best Castlevania games ever made. The recently released Castlevania Advance Collection is out now. V Rising lets you command a vampire army to hunt monsters and wield powerful magic. It will have co-op PvP and will be on track for a beta later this year. When I know more, you'll know more. Horror Story Hollowseaved receives early access overhaul and we've learned the final release date. They have improved the visuals, the audios, some of the levels, and the puzzle. If you want to play this horror puzzler in its final form, you can do so on October 28th. Everyone's favorite witch is back, Bayonetta 3, was finally shown at the latest Nintendo Direct. The game looks insane and zany in all the best ways. I can't wait because we got a release year of 2022. If I had to bet, I would say probably this time next year, we will be playing Bayonetta 3. It feels like on the level of a Metroid Dread type game. Perfect for Halloween. We've got a lot of home movie releases headed your way. Seven Films released All the Haunts Be Ours, an upcoming limited edition folk horror compendium, the 15-disc set, which includes 12 Brulees, three CDs, will be limited to 4,000 copies. One of the films included in the series is Woodland Dark and Days Bewitched, a documentary about the subgenre. I'm very excited to see the documentary. I'm not sure if I will get such a limited edition set because there are people who are crazy about it and if there's only 4,000, I want all the folk horror people who are obsessed to get their hands on it. Wes Craven's less talked about masterpiece, The Hills Have Eyes, is getting a 4K Blu-ray release with limited edition packaging for the US and UK. The collection has a documentary on the film's making, along with audio commentary by the late Wes Craven. Pre-orders are up now, and that will be arriving November 9th. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, nope. 
not of the opera. <laughs> Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, is headed to Blu-ray in the States on November 23rd. In an 80s take on Phantom of the Opera, there's three different cuts of the film included. The theatrical cut, the TV cut, and the integral fan cut. Dracula Dead and Loving It is headed to Blu-ray. The beloved Mel Brooks classic starring Leslie Nielsen is headed home on November 23rd. This was a movie I loved as a child. It was one that I could reliably get to my dad to watch over and over. Everyone's favorite Christmas nightmare is headed to 4K and Ultra Blu-ray. Michael Doherty's Krampus, The Naughty Cut, restores some of the dialogues and scenes that were cut to clear the MPAA's R rating. The Blu-ray does not include the theatrical release, but was supervised by Doherty. Get ready to be scared of Christmas on December 4th. The Green Knight is headed to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray on October 12th. WNUF Halloween special is a strange little fic where a news team in 1987 is trying to contact spirits in a haunted house. Something goes terribly wrong and the tape of what transpired that night has finally surfaced. You can get your hands on this now just in time for your 30 for 31 horror watch. Last Matinee is headed to Blu-ray in October. If you can't wait, you can watch this film now on VOD. Suicide Club director Sian Sono's Prisoners of Ghostland is headed to Blu-ray on November 16th. If you can't wait to watch what Nick Cage has said is the wildest movie he's ever made, it's on VOD right now. And there is a fantastic vinyl from Waxworks Vinyls that's out right now that didn't get in the list, but I had just seen it when I was getting ready to sit down. It's gorgeous. The vinyl's beautiful. And the soundtrack I hear is amazing. Can't wait to watch this movie. Haven't had a chance to. If you, like I, have been avoiding spoilers like the plague for The Night House, then have I got some news for you. It's out on digital now and on Blu-ray on October 19th. I cannot wait to see this. I'm trying to decide if I want to buy it on digital or if I want to buy it on Blu-ray. I think I might just break down and buy it on digital because I really want to watch it. <laughs> it's a busy holiday season for Rob Zombie fans. Last episode, we talked about Three from Hell getting a 4K release. Today, we have a new Blu-ray steel release of 31, and it will become a Target exclusive. M. Night Shyamalan's Old is headed to 4K and Blu-ray on October 19th. You can buy it now on iTunes. Arrow Video is bringing another Giallo Essentials collections to your homes. In the second volume of this collection, three movies they have chosen to clue are What Have They Done to Your Daughters, Strip Nude for Your Killer, and Sergio Marto's Visionary Torso, a film many credit with helping inventing the modern American slasher. Evil Dead fans are being fed well this year. The Evil Dead Groovy Collection is headed home on November 19th with a 4K Ultra HD version of the first two films and Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It will cost about $79.99 and give audio commentary with Sam Raimi and everyone's favorite chin, Bruce Campbell. Severin Films is giving us four Blu-ray debuts with The Nasty Habit, The Nunsploitation Collection. On November 30th, we'll be getting four films I know nothing about, but all have to do with the theme of nuns. Christina, Devil Nun, Story of a Cloistered Nun, Image in a Convent, and The True Son of Non Morza. Nunsploitation films are a subgenre of films from Italian makers that wanted to lodge blasphemy at the church, and I'm excited to check these films out as I always love finding new, older films and genres. I think that's enough torture for your wallet this week. Let's see what news we've got for the smaller screen. First up, we got a trailer and a release date for Showtime's upcoming horror series, 
Yellow Jackets. It has an all-star cast, including Melanie Lelinsky, Tawny Cypress, Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis. The show focuses on a group of women who, as teenagers, were teammates and survivors of a plane crash. The trailer has me interested. I normally don't get into Showtime shows. I'm very wary of them since Dexter, but this has got me. I love that they hint that the wildness makes the girls turn into a weird cultish tribe to survive, and I can't wait to see how those actions are paid off 25 years later. AMC Plus is trying to get you to add another streaming service to your life with the vampire show Firebite. The show Firebite follows two indigenous Australian hunters, Tyson and Shanka, on their way to battle the last colony of vampires in the middle of a South Austrian desert. It's a short series with eight episodes and will be headed to AMC Plus later this year. Apple TV is adapting Victor Lavelle's novel, The Changeling, written by Kelly Marcy, who brought uh, brought both Venom and Cruella to life. Lakeith Stanfield, who you may remember from Get Out or Knives Out, will star in this horror fairy tale for grown-ups. Guillermo del Toro's Netflix anthology, The Cabinet of Curiosity, has an all-star cast and all-star directors. Episode directors will include Mandy director Panos Cosmonos, Babadook director Jennifer Kent, Splice director Vincenzo Nati, and David Pryor, who directed last year's Empty Man. We'll also get acting talents from Crispin Glover, Andrew Lincoln, Peter Weller, and Essie Davis. Netflix says it's meant to challenge our traditional notion of horror. Showtime showed us a three-minute trailer of everyone's favorite serial killer, Dexter Morgan. From Showtime, we found out these year details. It's set 10 years after Dexter went missing in the high of Hurricane Laura, Dexter Newblood finds him living under assumed name in the fictional small town of Iron Lake, New York. Dexter may be living, embracing his new life, but in the wake of unexpected events in the close-knit community, his dark passenger inevitably beckons. Season 10 starts November 7th. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know. That ending of that show was so bad. We got a first look at Muppets Haunted Mansion. We've got Miss Piggy as Madame Leota, Fozzie as one of the hitchhiking ghosts, and Gonzo and Pepe are being dared to spend the night in the mansion during the swingingest wake. Three new songs will launch the same day as the show, which is this Friday, October 8th. Let the Right One In is beginning a second chance at Showtime, this time as a series starring Damien Belcher and everyone's favorite princess, Ayanka Nani Rose. I'm glad to see a longer and hopefully deeper look at this property. With a slasher revival in full swing, Amazon has dropped their trailer for I Know What You Did Last Summer, the series. Taking the intriguing premise of the 1973 novel by Lois Duncan and the 90s cult slasher flick of the same name and giving it a more fresh and modern vibes. I can't wait to see what secrets these teens are hiding when the show comes to Amazon Prime on October 15th. CW's slasher reality show Killer Camp is back for a second season. If you've ever wondered what would a show that mixes Survivor and Friday the 13th be like, well, here you go. I'm ready to watch the campy deaths and the deceptions and the throwing of challenges that the killer might do. Train to Busan director Yang Song Ho's new series Hellbound is headed to Netflix on November 19th. I love both Train to Busan and the sequel to Peninsula, and I am seriously excited to see how he will adapt the Korean webtoon Hell for the screen. Like I said, premieres November 19th. Moving on to movie news, Shudder is making sure the horror hits all year round and is bringing us the Christmas set 
French horror film The Advent Calendar. The movie, according to Shudder, is about Eva, an ex-dancer who is now living in a wheelchair, unable to walk. When her friend Sophie gives her an old wooden antique advent calendar before Christmas, she realizes each window contains a surprise that triggers repercussions in real life. Some of them good, most of them are bad really bad. Now Ava will have to choose between getting rid of the calendar or walking again, even if it causes death and destruction to everyone she holds dear. Horror icon Bill Mosley is set to star with, with Gigi Gustain in Chastise. The film follows two women traveling the country in their mobile tattoo van, trying to right injustices through human trials and full-on vigilante justice that ends up sparking a social movement. The Witches of Eastwick is getting a remake over at Warner Brothers. Under the direction of Ninja Thyberg, she's also writing the film, it's unclear if her screenplay will be based on Miller's version or the John Updike 1984 novel of the same name on which the first film was based. The Salem's Lot remake news has been steadily building. James Wan, hot off the delicious mess that is Malignant, you can catch my full review of Malignant on my YouTube channel this Friday, has taken up the has taken up the producing duty on Stephen King's Salem Lot. Gary DeBauer, who has worked with Juan on both Annabelle Comes Home and The Nun, will write and direct. Hollywood Reporter got the scoop that Lewis Pillman is going to star. DeBacherman spoke on the film in 2019, saying, I haven't seen a scary vampire movie in a long, long time, and I'd really love to tackle that. It's one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite Stephen King books. We felt that it should have the cinematic treatment we gave it. It was a miniseries as well. I agree, Salem's Lot really does deserve the it treatment. And from the looks of the cast list we're getting, it's getting just that. Alfre Wooder, will William Sater, Mackenzie Lee, Bill Camp, Spencer Treat Clark will star. The movie's headed our way, Halloween 2022. Home Invasion movie, See For Me, has been picked up by IFC Midnight. Deadline gave us an intriguing plot summary. Skyler Davenport plays blind former skier Sophie, who accepts a last minute house sitting job in a secluded mansion. But she awakes in the middle of the night to find the house under invasion by a group of thieves seeking a hidden safe. Her only means of defense is a new app called See For Me, which matches her with a volunteer across the country who uses Sophie's cell phone to see on her behalf. Stubbornly independent, Sophie is reluctant to accept help until she is connected with Kelly, an army veteran who spends her days playing first-person shooters. The film stars Skylar Davenport, as I said, who is a visually impaired actor. I'm extremely excited to see this film when it releases in 2022. The internet doom and gloom around this next story has yours truly stumped. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has found a new home on Netflix. Everyone began decrying the death of cinematic releases of horror films, but I don't see it quite that way. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a horror fan's IP. It is not a series that many outside of the genre fans care about. People know who Leatherface is, but mainstream audiences don't love Leatherface. This isn't a knock to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I think that it's important to remember that this reboot is actually a Texas the Chainsaw Massacre sequel that takes place years after the shocking events of the original film. Whether we like it or not, streaming is the future of film. Horror as a genre has always been on the forefront of things that change film. Horror helped birth film itself. 
FX and digital effects came of age in the genre. So seeing icons of the genre embracing the future distribution plan is very exciting. Paramount Plus, next of kin, will be headed to Paramount Plus streaming services. The executives from the platform say that fans should look forward to an unexpected reimagining of the beloved horror franchise. What's got my interest peaked is Christopher Landon is back at the helm. Both this and a documentary about making of paranormal activity will be hitting the surface just in time for Halloween. We found out recently that the film also received an R rating. Ghostbusters Afterlife is moving one weekend back to November 19th. That's really it. That's the news. One week back. Scott Cooper's Antlers is headed for theaters this fall on October 29th. Those who are fearful of spoilers should know that it will debut at Beyond Fest on October 11th. I hope that we hear something about a digital release of this film soon. I cannot wait to see it. Sad, a little bit of sad news. Rob Zombie's Halloween is no longer the Labor Day box office record holder after 14 years. That's a quite a run. Thanks to Marvel Studios' latest outing, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the shape is now in second place. More happy Halloween news. Halloween Kills will be headed to Peacock day and date. I am so excited to be able to watch this in the comfort of my home with a spooky charcuterie board of snacks. Jason, Jason Blum spoke to Collider about how the deal came about. Quote, it was my idea to do it. Peacock didn't approach me. I approached them. I, like everyone else, am a big believer in the theatrical experience. I think eventually there should be windows. I think universal strategy of a three-week window is a great strategy but I had bad distribution experience with Freaky. That movie is great, and it didn't get seen because of the distribution of it got all twisted up. My fault. I did not want to go through that experience again, and I didn't want to have a movie that I'm really proud of and think is great, and they have an excuse for why people didn't see it. So I'm the one who pitched Universal, and then I pitched Jamie, and then I pitched David. It was my idea. I stand behind it, and I'm glad that we're doing it. I'm glad that you're doing it too. I do agree. I think there should be windows. I think, I think even as we get out of COVID, I think especially as we get into the winter though, and cases get look like they're probably going to go up a little bit, and people are still pretty tepid about going to the movie theater. I know Venom just knocked through like $90 billion at the box office, which is a lot of money, but that is not anywhere. It's getting closer to the ballpark of what people were doing, but not quite in that, you know what I'm saying? Like not quite there. Um, I think that having a window is good and letting people know the cadence of how this goes. I think that's best for everyone. The fact that we have directors out there decrying it and crying about it and screaming about it and everybody acting like the end of the movie theater is coming. The end of the movie theater is coming if they stop making the movie theater experience better. I get into fights a lot with people who live in Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles for a long time and the movie theater experience in Los Angeles is not like that anywhere else. We have one good movie theater in our area and it's not even in this city. It's in the next big city. There's just not a lot of quality theater experiences out there. People have really sick setups for their uh, home movies. We have a pretty decent setup with a sound bar and a woof, like a sound bar and a woofer and surround sound. It's not like top of the line or anything. It's like mid-level, but it's like still good and it makes it nice when we want to watch a movie. We've got more Christmas horror headed our way this year. Silent Night, starring Kira Knightley, will stream on AMC Plus this December. The film follows a group of friends that have an eventful Christmas dinner. 
Malignant was the first R-rated horror film to debut in China. Wan made some strategic cuts to the film to get the Chinese release. The movie will debut on all six major internet company platforms. The team behind Terrifier 2 is working on a movie starring Danielle Harris and Jeffrey Combs. The team, who is currently seeking funding to finish the film on Indiegogo, says the film is about 90% shot, but the post-production cost exploded due to the pandemic. So they're reaching out to horror fans to help complete the film. Warner Brothers is looking to build a gory, bloody Mortal Kombat cinematic universe. While I enjoyed the latest entry in the series this earlier this year, it's a fun romp through a world that is confusing to even the most devoted of fans. So I have my doubts if this goofy IP can sustain the weight of a cinematic universe, but I'm willing to see how they try. Frank Grillo is returning for one more Purge movie. Imagine everyone's shock when the Forever Purge was marketed as the last Purge movie. So to hear Grillo say there's one more romp is intriguing considering he's teasing returning characters. Alone With You has been picked up by Dark Star Pictures. The film follows the dark descent of a woman who's preparing a romantic homecoming for her girlfriend. Dark Star is looking for an early 20. 22 release. Bruce Campbell and Devin Sawa are set to star in the black horror comedy Black Friday. A ragtag group of toy store employees get more than they bargained for when Black Friday shoppers mutate into a group of violent monsters. I can't wait to see these two tackle the worst day of the year for retail workers. Seriously, I can't wait to see the comic bouncing off of Bruce Campbell and Devin Sawa. It's great. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Daniel Harris to star in Flesh. The movie is about a deranged individual who is sacrificing humans to a malevolent spirit. After the failures of the Lost Boy series, the IP is getting a new look at life with a film starring Noah Jupe and Jaden Martle. I can't wait to see where this modern take on the film takes us. Scream! One through three editor is back behind the camera with Play Dead. Patrick Lucer is a horror editing icon who's worked on the Scream series, New Nightmare, Halloween H2O. I can't wait to see what's coming from him after his first film, Trick, is one of my favorite Halloween-themed films. Candyman topped the box office with $70 million and is at the top of the streaming charts. I am glad we are seeing such success with my film. The review for this film will be up next week on my YouTube channel. Nobody Sleeps in the Wood Part 2 is coming to Netflix on October 27th. Guillermo del Toro's new film, Nightmare Alley, has moved dates to December 17th. We're going to have to wait a little bit longer for the new del Toro film based on William Lindsay Grisham's novel of the same name. The film follows a manipulative man who hooks up with a female psychiatrist who may actually be more dangerous than him. I can't wait. I love, I love Guillermo del Toro. I love Kate Blanchett. So sign me up. We've got some stills, some news, and some raid for views for Scott Derrickson's new film, The Black Phone. Hitting theaters January 28th, 2022, the film follows the story of The Grabber, a statistic killer played by Ethan Hawke. The official poster for the film shows us Hawke in a very unnerving half-mask designed by none other than Tom Savini and Jason Baker. This is a movie I'm very excited for. I love Hawke and Derrickson's work together on Sinister. I, I just cannot wait i hope we get a trailer for it soon crypt tv's the girl in the woods series based on the short film of the same name and the sequel to the door in the woods is coming to peacock on october 21st set in my beloved pacific northwest the girl in the woods follows a girl named carrie who escapes from a cult that guards the world from monsters behind a door I love how cold, gray, and perfectly Pacific Northwestern the trailer is. And the creatures, as always, from Crypt TV are on point. The trailer's out now. Saban Films picked up the rights to distribute 
Alejandro Tejago's next film, The Exorcism of God. According to the PR firm, the film is set in an isolated Mexican town, follows Father Peter Williams, an American exorcist who becomes possessed by the devil, subsequently committing a terrible, terrible sacrilege. 18 years later, the consequences of his sin come back to haunting. Haunt him, unleashing a battle within. Slumber Party Massacre is finally back with a fresh and gory teaser trailer and an October release date. Headed to sci-fi on October 16th, this remake is the reimagining of the 1982 cult classic. I am so glad to see power, fill, power drills remain front and center and the gore is off the charts. I cannot wait to see what Dania Ishkerhe's horrific whimsy brings to this film. The Sandman from Netflix is looking promising. We got our first look at Tom Sturridge as Dream and Charles Dance as Roderick Burdress. I love the casting so far. I have been constantly optimistic after seeing how Netflix has handled The Witcher and I cannot wait for people to experience this show and story for the first time. The Science of Scare project from Broadband's Choice in the UK has crowned a new winner for Scariest movie. The projects in its first year had crowned Sinister. This year, that was dethroned by Host. The film made the pandemic film that was shot entirely through Zoom conferencing. On average, increased viewers' heart rates by 24 beats per minute. Horror comedy The Seed has been inquired by Shudder. Premiering this week at Beyond Fest, The Seed sees lifelong friends who go into a desert for a media shower and get more than they bargained for when they must battle to the death for the fate of the galaxy. It's October. That means it's time to go over the various Halloween programming everyone has in store for us this spooky season. Discovery Plus has given us a peek at what they're doing for this year's Ghosttober. There's some project headed up by Eli Roth, but we're not going to get into... Like, I'm letting you know it's there, but that's as much as I'm talking about him. I think I've made my opinions on Eli Roth known. There's also new seasons of Halloween Baking Championship, Halloween Wars. There'll be a new special on Food Network called Worst Cooks in America, Halloween Redemption. Then we've got all the ghost hunting ventures you can stand with, Ghost Adventures, Goldfield Hotel, and Haunted Museum. Then we'll get another look at the crazy, talented pumpkin carvers in Outrageous Pumpkins. And a new season of the Dead Files. Peacock, doesn't want to be outdone, has added a lot of classic and modern horror to the channel. On top of giving us Halloween kills day and date with theatrical launch, we've got a lot of the gang here. So here's some more iconic movies you can see on the platform. Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, most of the Friday the 13th movies, most of the Jason movies, Jason X, please watch it, all of the Saw movies up until Jigsaw and Spiral. They also added 20 classic horror movies like The Bride of Frankenstein, The Curse of the Werewolf, Dr. Cyclops, Dracula's Daughter, Evil Frank, The Evil of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, one of my favorites, It Came from Outer Space, The Invisible Woman, The Mummy, The Curse of the Mummy, The Mummy's Ghost, The Mummy's Hand, The Phantom of the Opera, both the 43 and the 62 version, Son of Dracula, Son of Frankenstein, and Werewolf of London. That's a lot of classic universal horror that I don't think a lot of people have watched. So maybe add a couple of those to your 31 days of horror this year. AMC Fear Fest is in full swing once again. It will be the home for most of the Halloween franchise. It's got Halloween 1 through 5. It doesn't have 6. It has H2O and the two zombies. 
18. I don't know where that's streaming. You can find it. You can pretty much watch all of the Halloween movies streaming this year if you want. Or you could buy those sick Blu-rays that came out if you can get your hands on them. On top of all the Halloween movies, Hellraiser films are here as well, as well as Scream 1 through 3. Fear Fest is something I love to keep on in the background while I'm working or cleaning or cooking. Other notable films and series are Tremors, Scary Movie, House of Wax, and From Dust Till Dawn. Netflix also has a lot going on this month. Several new shows we've already discussed, along with a landing page that helps break down the genre into subgenres. Here's just a few of my favorites. Both The Strangers and Strangers Pray at Night are on the service. Insidious, great movie, you should see that. All of Mike Flanagan's Netflix original are there. So Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and Midnight Nass, which I need to finish. Hulu will not be outdone. It has Huluween. There's a ton of shorts and other classics that are headed to the platform, but most notably is the fantastic new film Censor and Gaia. Censor is a film that I wholeheartedly recommend. I can't stop thinking about that film. It's so hauntingly beautiful and slowly paced and beautifully shot. Um... For all the hype and stuff we talked about, Malignant being a giallo. Censor is not a giallo, I want to be clear, but it definitely does give me the colorful visual vibes of one. Sci-fi also has come to party this October. We're getting two beloved IPs turned into television shows, starting with Don Mancini, series take on Child's Play, Chucky. That comes out on October 12th. Next up is Psycho Gorman director Stephen Krasansky's take on Day of the Dead, and that starts on October 15th. Like we discussed a couple stories up, Slumber Party Massacre will be debuting the day after on the 16th. Amazon has a landing page for you too called Now Screaming. And there's a little more indie horror here than we've seen in other streaming services. You can catch Amazon original Suspiria 2018. Light The Lighthouse, Midsummer, J-Horror Classic, Juan. Also, it's the home of Welcome to Blumhouse Volume 2. So that all is cool. Bingo Hell looks great. That's a Welcome to Blumhouse movie I can't wait to watch. So that does it for all the TV, movie, what you can watch on Halloween. I'm sure other channels, Freeform, I don't think I covered because it was just like a nightmare of like movies and marathons. You all know the drill. Get in there. Watch your favorite horror stuff. It's big time. Big spooky time of year. I can remember when AMC Fright Fest was it. Or Fear Fest was it. That was it. It was the only thing you got. Let's look at the cool, some of the cool extra spooky things that are going on now. Halloween Horror Nights has been in full swing for a few weeks. So if you're headed to the festivities in Orlando, be sure to check out the cute theme food. My favorite is the Bride of Frankenstein cone, a black and white swirled cone and a black waffle cone. I also appreciate the vegan meal called Pumpkin Guts. It looks delicious and it makes me think of Trick or Treat. NECA has given us details about the ultimate Michael Myers figure based off the upcoming Halloween Kills. The PR release describes the figure as screen accurate Michael Myers, Action figures standing seven inches in scale. It comes with knives, a bat, bulb, skull mask, halogen bar, an interchangeable head and hands. And he'll need it all when the strode women set out to end his evil reign of terror. You got me. NECA. I love it. Also from them, we've got a very detailed and very scary Xenomorph figure. The One, the 12-inch collective alien figure, features an all-new seamless body designed with the internal skeleton armature that's durable yet poseable. Also from NECA, we also got to look at their new Pennywise figure that features Bill Skarkar's Pennywise and 10 different heads. That's pretty much every famous look from both It Chapter 1 
and two. And finally, from NECA, we got everyone's favorite murderous doll duo, Chucky and Tiffany from Bride of Chucky. They come as a set with a swappable head for Chucky. I'd like to see a swappable head for Tiffany. Also, can we get Tiffany in the bride outfit if we're going to have Bride of Chucky? Come on. They are adorable 5.5 inches tall. Build-A-Bear is giving us a fix of the ghost with the most in their online exclusive Beetlejuice bear. The bear comes in the iconic black and white striped suit and with six of Beetlejuice's catchphrases. Cassandra Peterson is having a big year for the 40th anniversary of Elvira. She also turned 70. Hello, she looks great for being 70. She had a special on Shudder a few weeks ago and now she's got one every week on Netflix this October. She also released her autobiography, Yours Cruelly, Elvira. Haven't got into it, can't wait to start it, but I would like to say congratulations to the queer queen of Halloween, the house that the events of The Conjuring were based off of, is up for sale. We talked about this house a bunch in one of my earlier episodes about The Conjuring, so if you want to go back and listen to it, you can hear about the former owner who had all kinds of issues with trespassers and horror fans just showing up and don't do that. I, I stress that every time we talk about like location-based horror. Don't do that. Please don't do that. The current owners bought the house in 2019 for $439,000. The last we had heard from them, they were planning on opening a bed and breakfast in the house. They now have listed the home for sale for $1.2 million. The Winchester Mystery House has a bunch of events for Halloween that they are calling All Hallows Eve. There's a new nighttime trail called Lost in the House. There's something for little ones called Jack-O-Lantern Trail that goes through the house's beautiful Victorian gardens. And there's also a light projection show that happens on the front of the house. In our last little bit of horror news for this jumbo news, news, news extravaganza, it looks like there has been some movement in the Friday the 13th copyright case. Victor Miller has won a copyright termination appeal. Eric Gardner from The Hollywood Reporter tweeted out last week that barring any reversal of a fuller panel of the second or Supreme Court, Victor Miller will reclaim the domestic rights to the franchise. A big win for attorney Mark Tobleroff as he heads into an even bigger fight against Disney over Marvel characters. I'm very excited. That means we could probably start seeing some Friday the 13th stuff. Like, come on, get Vic involved. Let's just get it. Let's do it. This case is over for the most part. Like, just take, take the L. Cunningham, come on, please take the L for the fans, for Jason himself. Like, I'm ready. Let's get this going. Let's get let's get new Friday the 13th coming. It's the time. We are in the middle of a slash revival. It's time. So that's going to do it for this week's show. I'm your ghost is Spencer. You can find me all over the internet as Miss Nintendo 64 You can find this show on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as A Halloween Club. I've got movie review and horror games going up on the YouTube channel in the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts. And I bid you farewell. You know the drill, kids. Sleep or don't. Thank you.